This is an Amos on the Go podcast. I'm Bill Klaproth, and with me is Dr. Jim Swift, and we're going to discuss the reality of malpractice risk for the oral and maxillofacial surgeon, according to Omsnick. Dr. Swift, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. First off, could you just give us a brief history of Omsnick and where we are today with it? Sure. I'll be happy to do that. Omsnick stands for Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery National Insurance Company. And it was formed in the late 1980s. So it's been 30 years since its inception. And at this time in the United States, there was what was called a malpractice insurance crisis, where commercial carriers were raising the premium costs for malpractice insurance. And as a result, oral surgeons couldn't afford very easily in their practices to buy malpractice insurance, which is essential and is mandated by several hospitals and other clinical environments. And so as a result, the AAOMS formed a committee of individuals to investigate whether they should form some type of insurance company to fight malpractice claims. And based upon the federal government passing the Risk Retention Act approximately the same time, it made an opportunity for professional associations to be able to form their own insurance companies and sell malpractice insurance in all 50 states and manage those claims. And that's where OMSNIC came from. And so OMSNIC manages only oral and maxillofacial surgery claims. That's it. We don't do other malpractice for other providers of different disciplines. Right. Well, thank you for that. So let's talk about you now and how you fit into this. What is your background and how did you wind up involved with OMSNIC? Well, back in the 1980s, I did have a policy from another company. I was practicing in Oklahoma at the time, and it was expensive. And then I decided to move to Minnesota. And when I did that, I had to get a different insurance policy. And so, because this coverage wouldn't cover to Minnesota, so I decided to buy the insurance that was available through the professional association because it was the most economical move for me to make as I made that move. And so, I got familiar with the company. I wanted to know the quality of the product I was buying. I was a little bit suspicious at the time because this was a relatively new thing that was happening and you have to make sure, you don't want to be left out in the dark with a malpractice insurance policy that's not going to cover you when you, if and when you have exposure to a malpractice claim. And so you have to be assured that, that the company is going to do what it says it's going to do to protect you. And so our motto in Omsnick is defending the specialty because that's what we do. We defend, I defend my colleagues that are oral and maxillofacial surgeons. So I got interested because I was involved in an association where an individual that was working with OMSNIC asked me to be on their claims committee. And what this is, a committee that they formed that they wanted to be able to deal with claims that were made against oral and maxillofacial sur surgeons in an aggressive way. And as a result, they need to have significant review of what happened in the situation that created the patient that felt that they had to sue for some reason. And so a lot of this was related to analysis and analysis of claims. And, and I was active in the professional association doing that to some degree. And so they asked me to be on their claims committee. And so we met every two months and we'd review usually three to five claims per person. There were six of us on the claims committee. And we would delve into these claims and the facts associated with these claims, including the charts and records and whatnot, and would try to find a way to defend the doctor that was unfortunate enough to be sued in those situations. And, and I just got really involved with it. And I think 
on the basis of the fact that I really dedicated time and effort, as did everyone else that was involved, that they rewarded me by keeping me on, and I wanted to continue to do that. And then the other kind of weak association is my father was an attorney, my grandfather's an attorney, and I have two brothers that are attorneys. So uh, having dinner at our house when I was a kid was like being in court. So to some degree, I didn't get charged to go take a pursue a legal career, but at the same time, I had kind of an extensional interest in that. Through osmosis, exactly. you kind of you inherited that. Yes. At the dinner table, we had several discussions. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So besides malpractice insurance, what does Omsnick do for the specialty? What other value does it bring? Well, we provide other insurance products for cyber liability, which is significant right now. And that's a huge challenge in the MPL world, the medical professional liability world. And so we're working on providing coverage for the oral maxillofacial surgeons for that particular challenge that will come into their practice. And in addition, we provide umbrella coverage for assets or uninsured motorists and other insurance products that we're allowed to do other than just malpractice through that platform. And so we, we try to find out from the Amos members what they need and provide. We actually even provide embedded in the policy travel insurance. So that if they lose their bags, then they get replaced. Or if they're injured or hurt when they're away, then it provides for transportation back. And those are products we added on. And we actually, our product is sold through insurance agents throughout the country. And we partner with them and they get a commission component from selling the policy as well. Wow, that's really interesting and and varied, all the different things you offer. So how does Amaznik then handle a claim from an OMS? We inform our insureds what to do when someone calls and says to them, we're suing you. Or if an attorney contacts them and says, I want the records for this patient because I'm going to look at them and we're going to determine if we're going to sue you. Or if someone reports them to their professional licensing agency, we help them defend that as well. If some patient complains that there's been a problem of some sort, then we provide legal referral for them. We have several attorneys that work for us on our claims management team, and so they know what to do when these things all happen. And so when you call in and say, I, I'm being sued, the response is, well, we'll put our analyst on it and we'll decide what you need. And then we have a core of defense attorneys that we use across the country that we educate. Every two years we have a meeting, and we just had it just a couple months ago, where we invite them in and, and just teach them about oral maxillofacial surgery. So they'll know if in fact a doctor says, I have a patient that has a numb tongue, after a procedure, they'll know what nerve was involved. The attorneys will know this. We teach them anatomy as well as the techniques. And so we have that core of, of attorneys that we use to manage these claims so they know what they're doing. It seems like for an oral and maxillofacial surgeon, they would want to go with you because it seems like you are experts in this when defending a claim. Is that right? I would agree with you, Bill, but some people go by price. From my perspective, you get what you pay for. And so that's not one thing you want to sacrifice on. Cheap insurance is not a good idea, in my opinion. And what about educational initiatives or opportunities? Does Omsnick provide those types of things as well? We do. We have a large department called Patient Safety and Risk Management. And so we actually held a session on Wednesday of this week here at this meeting for oral maxillofacial surgeons and office staff that work with them to learn how to guard themselves to protect them from 
being sued. In addition, what to do when, when that happens, what kind of chart work they need to do, what kind of informed consent they need to do, and what notifications they need to make to prevent them from being sued. How would they manage? And so what we use are claims that we've already dealt with, that have already been to court. We talk about them, obviously not revealing the individual that was involved, but we tell them, here's what happened. Here's a claim that we had to deal with. And here's and we used experts. And, and we actually have a plethora of experts that we use that are knowledgeable as well about insurance and well as malpractice claims and how to defend those. So it's all a, an exercise to make sure that we can minimize the risk or defend the doctor that's being accused of doing something that was not under standard of care. So, Dr. Swift, let me ask you then, what is on Omnic's radar in the coming years? Where are you going, your future initiatives? Well, one thing we're looking at is social inflation, which is the propensity for a jury these days to bump up the amount of money they want to award to a patient or an individual for a malpractice claim. So, And that's a challenge that you have. What's it worth? I mean, if you, in fact, take out the wrong tooth and the patient's missing a tooth, what dollar figure should be associated with that? And some of that's generational. Some people are saying, well, gee, if it was my tooth, I'd need at least billions of dollars. And the fact of the matter is there is a common ground there that can be determined. But if the numbers go so high, then then the cost of the malpractice insurance is going to go up again, and, and it won't be affordable for individuals in that situation. So we're looking at that. We're looking at the cyber issues because that does take a practice down when someone hacks them. Because right now, if you can get a medical record you can sell that on the black market for $1,000 per record. So if they can hack into your files and take 200 files away, they can make money. The hackers can make money by selling that information to third parties that want to commit crimes. And so we're trying to make sure that they're protected in their practice so that the machines they use to manage the computers they need to manage the practice and the scheduling are set up in such a way that they can't be hacked. They have to take protocol to make sure that there's firewalls there so that, and we provide that service for them as well. And that's part of the future as well. But what we're trying to do is make them able to practice without having to be concerned about a large loss of revenue on the basis of of a malpractice claim. So we're looking to do those things. Well, electronic records are great, but then of course you have the law of unintended consequences. Having everything electronically filed is wonderful, but then you have the potential liability of having something getting hacked. Didn't have to worry about that, right? Back in 88, everything was on paper. So, Dr. Swift, as we wrap up, anything else you want to add about OMSNIC and the role it plays for an OMS? Sure. I don't want to scare anybody, but there's always a potential risk for a malpractice claim, even if you're the best oral surgeon in the entire universe. There is always an opportunity or possibility for some disgruntled patient or an individual that for some reason doesn't want to pay their bill. And there are some situations where doctors do make mistakes. And so it is important that you very much have a tremendous product. I'm kind of put aside by some of these commercials I see on TV for insurances and they typically for your car or other things like where they essentially try to convince you to buy cheap. We'll only sell you what you need. Well, you don't know until you have to face the situation what you're going to need. Yeah, how do you know what you need, right? Exactly. So we're intending to provide the best product there is out there for our doctors to make sure that they're 
defended. Yeah, well, you're right here at Amos and, uh, you know, boots on the ground. You're meeting the members. So you're right here with them. It's not just a TV commercial. So that has to have value as well to them. Yeah, it's, it's good that they know they can walk up to me as chair of the board and talk to me about their situation. And that's obviously all confidential. But when someone sues you, it's very difficult emotionally. And people have challenges because you're trying out there to do good for people. You're trying to take care of their illnesses and their, their challenges they need for which they need surgery. And when you're confronted in that way is that someone thinks you intentionally hurt somebody, it's really damaging to your psyche. And so, yeah, that would be very difficult to deal with mentally, I would think. Yes, it is. For, and so we want to make sure that, that our insureds are, are aware of that situation, that we can help them. Right. And well taken care of if there is a claim against them. Well, Dr. Swift, thank you for being here. This has been fascinating. Thanks, Bill. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Once again, that's Dr. Jim Swift. And for more information in the full podcast library, please visit amos.org. That's A-A-O-M-S dot org. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it on your social media and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for listening.